I found myself in those um, beginning stages of practicing breathwork just really, really releasing so, so much just in the form of, you know, I was really angry. I was really angry at first. And um, I just, I was able to allow a lot of those feelings to surface and to either scream or yell or cry or whatever it was I needed to do to release those those feelings so that they weren't because trauma gets trapped in our bodies. Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, you will be listening to Andra Freemeyer's uh, story and her journey. Andra reached out to me via email um, that she wanted to be a guest and share her story and share a little bit about what had happened in her life. And I was intrigued myself of her own journey. And I know that all of you listeners will be intrigued as well. And so, Andrea, welcome so much to the uh, podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. And did I say welcome so much? Is that what I just said right before? Did I say welcome so much? Isn't that know. weird? <laughs> Whatever it is I said. I, I, I was telling Andrea, I'm like, usually where I like mess up the most is probably when I'm introducing people. And I probably just messed up right there. I'm like, did I just say like welcome, welcome so much? <laughs> welcome, welcome so much. Welcome so much works. You know. <laughs> is it? Is it's it lots of English? welcome. <laughs> lots of welcome. Lots of welcome. And that's the thing. I try to make this be so lighthearted because a lot of times, of course, this subject of grief is so heavy that yeah. a lot of times we need to kind of, you know, include a little bit of that lightness to it um, and humor and so forth too, <laughs> for me yes. at least. If not, I don't think I could be interviewing three to four people a week <laughs> on the subject if I didn't add a little bit of that sense of of humor as well in the process of light lightness to it. So, but anyway, I'm so glad that you are here. And we just chatted just like briefly, like five minutes right before we started recording. So I'm going to be finding out all these details pretty much with the listeners as well. So how about we start with just very basics? Where do you live? Um, I live in Kansas City, Kansas. So kind of right I know. in the I, middle. I, I, I always ask that when people say Kansas City, Missouri or Kansas? Kansas City, yeah. Missouri or Kansas? Which one of the two? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I have lived in the on the Missouri side for so long and now I'm on the Kansas side, but I'm literally like three <laughs> houses on the Kansas side. So, so that's so that funny. that divider line is very real around here. And it's and do are people very much like I've never been there. I've never been to Kansas City, but my husband has for work. But do you know? Is it is it like kind of like the West side, like West Side Story kind of thing? Like the you know what I mean? The the sharks yeah, and the of. jets type of feeling. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> are you from the of. Missouri side or the Kansas? Yeah, there's definitely people that get offended oh. when you're like, oh, yeah, I, I've never been to Kansas. And they're like, no, actually, I'm from Missouri. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm the not really, right it doesn't really matter to me, but, you know. So that's where you live. Is that where you grew up as well? Um, I have lived back and forth through, um, from like Western Kansas to the Kansas City area, both Kansas City, Kansas and Missouri. So, um. Not all of my so, life, but I've been here for um, like the past 12 years. So okay. we've been here for a while. Okay. So yeah, it's a, that's your that's your home right now. If you yes. feel like that's going to be your home for for a little while. You have a, a, a son we were just talking about, and he is, again, how old? He's five. He's yes. five, five. So now is that a big deal too of choosing 
where you live based on like the school districts and all that as your child starts getting into that age of the schools? Does that make a big difference too in that area? Yes, yes. It definitely, <laughs> that's definitely something we're going to have to revisit when that time comes. So he should be starting kindergarten um, in August of this year, which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely something that we, that we need to, we need to figure out just trying to take it a day at a time though. (laughs) Yes. Now, what did you go to school? Did you go to school for before we go into what you're doing now? Did you go to college, all that kind of stuff and get a degree? What did you get your degree on when you went to school? Yes. So my undergraduate degree is in psychology. Um, and I also have a PhD in neuroscience. So I have just kind of been spending, I I spent a lot of years trying to understand, um, better what, what goes on in mental illness and kind of like what's the underlying, um, things that are happening in the brain. Um, so interesting. Cause now I'm going to be asking you a lot of how that played a part then in your own journey then with grief, because then you have the, the, um, academic component Mm -hmm. of everything and the, you know, so, you know, psychology and the neuro, you know, neuroscience and this, and then it suddenly something happens in your own life that then it's like, do you analyze things or do you feel them? So I'm so curious as to how that went. So, um, take us then into what your grief journey is. Um, let's, let's go into your life. So take us into your relationship and then we'll go from there. All right. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of start, um, with, uh, with just kind of how my growth, my own like personal growth journey started and my, my story through grief and, and through what happened will kind of weave in there. Perfect. Um, so I, I have spent lots of years of my life as a high functioning perfectionist, um, and overachiever, just needing to do all of the things and, um, in my younger adult years, I went through some really painful experiences in my personal life with my family and really just did everything I could to avoid feeling those, feeling the pain of those things. And that's when I really threw myself into getting this advanced education. Um, my father struggled with anxiety and depression, and it really disrupted my everything that I knew to be like my the family dynamic that I had grown up in and so that's really why when I went to college I chose psychology I'm like I'm gonna figure this out like how can I help him how can I like what can I do how like why did he change and just trying to understand Mm -hmm. ins and outs of that um so I threw myself into education and additionally I just I numbed I numbed the hurt, I numbed the pain with um, either just distracting and overworking and and throwing myself into school or with drinking and um, some recreational drugs. Mm-hmm. And but on the outside, I had it all together. I appear it appeared like I was doing all of the right things, but inside I was hurting deeply. And most of my moments were spent really just caught up in the chaos of my mind um, with my ego. My ego was the star of the show. Um, And then during my graduate training, my personal life went through a lot of, of transformations. So that is when I met who would become my husband. And we got married, we bought a house, and we had a baby all within the span of a year. Um, and simultaneously, I was, I was in graduate school. And so there was just a lot going on. And throughout this whole process of me trying to avoid all the previous pain of the circumstances in my life, um, I uh, had just kind of lost myself. And becoming a mother was really a pivotal moment in my life where I had started the the process of of what I call my awakening um where I really just knew like things need to change like I I need to do something here um and so that's when I really began the journey into personal and self development 
But again, I was consuming all the content, reading all the books. Um, I started to commit to my health and wellness and practicing meditation daily. And it became clear to me that I had really spent so much of my life running and avoiding myself, avoiding stillness, Mm. just really disconnected from my body. And so things had started to shift at that point, but I had a long road ahead of me. And then on September 16th of 2019 was when really just the very foundation of my life um, had crumbled. I had discovered um, my husband's lifeless body in our garage after he had um, he had taken his own life. So I we had been together for seven years, married for five at this time, had a four-year-old son together. And our marriage was, um, for the last year of of our marriage, it was really challenging, really difficult. And he struggled with anxiety and depression, had his own battles um, going on. And I really struggled with my previous wounds related to that of like not feeling like I could help my father. And then I was married to this person, not feeling like I could help him or reach him. And so when this became my reality, I was completely broken open. I, I was raw. I was exposed. And I really in that moment in my life was like, how am I going to move forward? Like, how could I ever work through this and process this trauma? How can I exist in my new reality? Hmm. And for me, in those early stages, after it happened, I, I turned to nature. I anchored myself in nature. It's something I had always been really drawn to. I'd always had a deep connection, just felt at home and at peace when I was outside. Um, But I really anchored onto this to be held, to ground to this thing that was so much bigger than me. Mm. And um, it was, and then I had made the difficult decision to leave my son for a week. So this was just about a month after, after my husband's death. Um, I had had previous plans to attend a conference in San Diego for completely different reasons than what I ended up getting out of it. Um, but that, so a month later that, that time had come and I was like, what should I go? Should I stay? Like what I was very much, um, like trying to figure that out. And, um, I ultimately, after much going back and forth, decided to go. And I am so grateful that I did because that's where I was um, exposed to breath work. Um, I was still in those like super early, still very much in shock from from everything that had gone on. Um but when I was guided through this breathwork session, I felt this deep connection with my body. And it was like nothing I could explain with words. And I, I really got to a point where I was doing the breathing exercise and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. This doesn't feel safe. I don't feel comfortable. Because again, I was so raw and so exposed and everything was so fresh. But I had just enough awareness to know like, I just need to go outside and, and ground myself. And so that's what I did. But what I got from that, just that sip of that feeling, that deep connection with my body, was that I knew that this was something that I had been craving for so long. Mm. I, had, I had the education. I had the, um, the understanding of like what, the academic understanding of like what happens when when somebody struggles from a mental illness, what happens when, um, when we're just going through challenging times. And, but what I didn't 
have was this connection with my body. I was so in my head all of the time, trying to figure my way through things, trying to like logically solve all the struggle and all the hurt that I saw all around me and even in within my own life. Um, and so from that day, I just really, really discovered that this is what I needed. I needed a deep loving connection with myself. And I had the realization as well that there was really nowhere else I could turn at this point in my life except for inward. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I want to pause you. I want to pause you. Take a breath. <laughs> that was a lot. Since you, yeah. study, since you study breath work, let's take a breath. <laughs> yeah. Yes, let's do I, Let's do that. Actually, guide me through that as I then I'm going to ask you some. So in through my nose and then exhale through my mouth, just like, like in yoga kind of? Is yeah, yeah, right we now? can okay. do. That's, that's do what couple. in my practice we call okay. the sigh breath. So if you just want to take a deep breath in through your nose, and just let it out, just like with a big sigh. It's just really kind of a way to like gather all the all the stuck energy in our system and just let it, let it all out. Yeah, we call these just like cleansing. These cleansing are just breaths. deep cleansing breaths, mm -hmm. yeah. So I want to pause you because I want to go back a little bit and um, ask you some things regarding how then, because you, you were feeling torn then in that month after his passing to go to this conference. Was the conference had to do with something with well-being as well? And that's where you found, was it like a vendors kind of conference of different types of practices? Yeah, it was actually... It was actually That's what so I envisioned I was, as you were saying. I was thinking yoga, you know, thinking of like different types of things, but that then you found this particular thing. So that's why I was wondering what kind of conference it was. Yeah. Um, actually, it was unrelated to, to um, wellness um, in the oh, bigger really? picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I went, it was a marketing conference, like for kind of like And then how did how, you find breath work yeah. there? <laughs> That's um, what okay. So because I'm like, oh, maybe it's in the well-being space, and that then mm -hmm. like one of the aspects of the conference was no, oh my god. Yeah, goodness. and that's part of what that's one of the reasons why it's so crazy that like that, you know, I was going because I was kind of in the process of transitioning out of academia, like just because mm -hmm. I wanted to be home more. I didn't want there were certain stressors that came along with that job that I just was like, I just this just isn't in alignment mm -hmm. for me. And I was already kind of on that road transitioning out of that. And I was going to be like a fitness coach. Um, mm -hmm. I was very much into fitness and taking care. You know, I said I had started to take care of myself. And so I'm like, maybe I can help people with this. And so I went to this conference for to get some understanding of marketing and like starting my own business and and all of these things. And the person who was putting on the conference happened to be friends with this um, woman who I found breathwork who got up on stage and started talking. Um, her name's Samantha Skelly. She got up on stage and started talking and. And honestly, my I knew she was going to be there and I knew there was going to be this breathwork thing, but I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I know how to breathe. Like what, like what, what are we even doing? Um, and so I wasn't super excited about, about that part of it, but that is what, that's what I got from this trip. That's so interesting. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Cause it was, yeah, like you said, completely unrelated. And yet yes. here was this gift that then tied you back in, not only for your own journey then to be able to navigate your own grief then through breath and also help you in this journey um, as one of your tools, um, but then also now something that you do so um, yeah. for others. So it's just beautiful. My my question then also, and by the way, thank you for sharing that. And, and, and it is a lot and it's very recent. It's only a little bit past a year um, yeah. since this happened as we're speaking. And um, and it's a lot, not only were you dealing with grief, but I'm assuming there was some trauma as well related to yes. finding your husband. So, um, did you in that moment seek for, um, therapy or things like that at the beginning? Aside, what, what did you help yourself in that first month? Again, before you discovered breath work, what were some of the other tools that you used 
um, to help you with your trauma and your grief in that first, you know, few weeks of this traumatic event in your life? Yeah. So I had, I, we had actually been in couples therapy, Mm -hmm. um, prior to his death. And so I continued to see that therapist, um, and also got my son into some play therapy with her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well. So I did that. And that was, uh, somewhat, you know, for all things considered a comfortable transition, just because she already knew me, she knew Mm -hmm. him, she knew our story. Um, and so just to be able to go into that and just, you know, reach out to somebody that already knew, um, Mm -hmm. a little bit about our history was made it, made it a a little bit easier. It wasn't easy Mm -hmm. by any means, but it just, um, the doors were already kind of open there. Yes. And now what kind of language for yourself? Sorry, go ahead. Continue. Oh, I oh and I was just going to say, and then the other things, like I said, I just, I, I spent a lot of time outside. I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time just, um, just, just being in nature and seeking the lessons that there are just all around us mm-hmm. and seeking comfort and like a refuge in, in that. And also, moving my body. I had this like morning routine that I, I really anchored to that in those first, I mean, there was a, there was a while in some days where I just didn't feel like I could get up and move at all. Mm -hmm. And then there were other days where I was like, I have to do this. Like I have to get up and move my body. And obviously being a mom and having my son who is still very much dependent on me being like, okay, I have to, I have to figure a way through this. I Mm -hmm. have to keep on taking care of myself because not only do I need to be here for me, but I need to continue to show up for him. You know, he's Mm -hmm. already lost his father. He can't lose me too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was a big- You're not the first widow that I hear say that, that aspect of the not losing your, that your child not to lose- um, their other parent as well in that process. And it's, um, that is something that I've heard, yeah, more than once. And it's amazing because it's true. It just makes you as a, you know, as a person just have to pull through. I haven't lived it myself, but I just, from having experienced, you know, hearing other people that you just have to pull yourself through because again, it's not just about you and it's not just about you. Um, so in, in that journey, questions regarding how did you then talk to your son? What were the words at his age of four? What words did you choose to use for what had happened to his dad? And I, mm. I, I, I like, I'm, if it's, and if it's, if it's not something you want to share, that's okay. But I, I think that sometimes it's important for parents to hear the type of maybe words. And sometimes it, maybe we go back and we're like, well, maybe I could have used something different. You know, yeah. maybe now thinking of it, I would have said it this way, but this is the best I had at that particular time of how could I, you know, how I could explain what had happened. Uh, was it you that explained it? Was it the therapist or how, what words were used to explain? Yeah. So four year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was me. Um, I, I told him and I told him um, that it was the next day or like really it happened really early in the morning. So it was like that, that day, but hours later. And I just, I took him on a walk and I had talked to our therapist about it and kind of like, what do I say? Cause I mm-hmm. had no idea. Um, and you know, she just said, just, just say it as plainly as in as simply as possible. And if he asks questions, just answer his questions, but you don't need to give like any more information than, mm-hmm. you know, to like overcomplicate it. So I just told him, um, you know, that, that daddy's, that daddy died. And, and I just kind of asked him, I'm like, do you know, do you know what that means? And, and he's like, well, yeah, am I, am I, am I not going to see him again? Mm. And, and so I said, well, no, he's, you know, he's gone. And we just, we just kind of kept it. And he just kind of looked at me and it was like, 
it was like he didn't really you know under understand the enormity of it at that point it was just kind of like mm-hmm. um okay well mommy like matter can, of factly yeah matter of factly yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. and he just kind of he gave me a hug mm. and then he's just like okay can we keep walking <laughs> and so I'm like <laughs> okay um and and I love that you were walking by the way like that is something that not only works with kids sometimes like of doing that they do yeah. better and you're okay you're you're the psychologist but as a as a mom and as a as a wife too I'd say this actually works also when you're trying to have a conversation with a husband yeah. <laughs> if you have a husband in your life uh it's um a lot of times it works better to talk when they're doing something rather than just sitting at a table you know like yeah. <laughs> at a table so um there's something different about that moving, moving in that heart, you know, conversation. So that was really, that was really uh, smart of you to take him out on a walk as you shared the the news. And like yeah. you said, being back in nature too, is nature your is spiritual? I'm, is that your spiritual practice? Is in more grounding yourself with nature? Is that kind of yes. where you find? Yeah. Okay. Um, is that how you were brought up too, or is that what you are now finding that that's your, where your soul is? I mean, I've kind of always felt that I just didn't really know that I didn't really like make that bigger connection, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, in my breathwork practice and through, through my own like self-healing process, I have connected, you know, to just like source to my higher self, to, um, just this, this, I know that there's this thing bigger than me, you know, that there's Mm -hmm. this essence, there's this bigness, um, supporting me. Yeah. Yeah. If like, you just don't let the title itself is not what matters of what this bigness is for you. It's just the fact that you're aware of it and nature makes you be connected to that. Bigger, yes, definitely. Bigger power. Oh, okay. Definitely. So yeah, I just wanted to understand because a lot of times too in conversations, if it's, you know, people's religious backgrounds that have right. helped them, you know, in their own, you know, so with yours is the concept of nature. So I wanted to kind of just grasp that. Okay. So let's, yeah. since I made you stop there to go back there, we had um, talked that that's then when you discovered then breath work, you started then working on then your creating then that for yourself using breath as your own therapy per se in your grief journey and then what's happened then in the past in the past year it take us then on that journey yeah so um early on I used um breath work to really what I now know was allowing me to release um and heal, heal through some of the trauma of the experience. Um, I actually, one of the, one of the breath patterns that, that I practice and that I use with my clients is actually an activating pattern. It activates your, um, sympathetic nervous system. And so it can actually put you into what happens a lot of times with trauma is, um, people get stuck in this like fight or flight. Your your um, I'm not going to go into like a whole lot of the science behind it, but like your autonomic system. Oh, I'm sure system. you can you can totally go to it. I'm sure that if somebody wants to listen, because if there's going to be probably people that like, <laughs> if you want to share anything that has any importance, please do. Because any guest that comes up, you know, even my own life coach when I interviewed her, she's also into neuro <laughs> neuro yeah. neuro psycho what neuro. Neuroscience. Neuroscience. Yeah. Yeah. And then just all the neuro patterns and all that kind of stuff and how you can switch that too, depending, you know, the pathways um, that you have, how you can kind of switch how they're designed to be. So please go wherever you want to go. This is your space, Andrea. (laughs) All right. All right. So yeah, it just, it is an activating, it's an activating breath pattern that stimulates or activates the sympathetic nervous system. And this is the part of the autonomic nervous system that um, like kind of switches on that fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when people go through a traumatic experience, they, it's kind of like, there's many definitions of trauma and it depends on who you talk to about it, but um, it's people get stuck in this cycle of, you know, we have these mechanisms 
um, for survival. Like that's the purpose is like, you mm-hmm. know, if you're out in the woods and a, a, when we were cavemen, chasing it comes you, from, yeah. yeah, it comes from that, that survival mode of when we were cavemen, cave women. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so these are really important mechanisms that we have and they can still be really, um, uh, helpful even, even now, mm-hmm. um, if we're, if our life is actually in danger, but what happens a lot of times with trauma is like we go through this experience that is it's like too much, too soon, too fast, like for our systems to handle. And so we have this fight or flight or freeze response mm. and um, and then we can get stuck there. We get stuck in this. So what happens in a healthy nervous system is we go into this um, fight or flight or freeze response to survive. And then our system goes back to like, kind of like homeostasis where it's back, um, back at its baseline levels. Everything's good. We realize we're not in danger, but with trauma, it can be so much on the system that we just get stuck there. So all of these stress hormones are being released all of the time. And our, our, um, fight or flight system, our sympathetic nervous system is just like constantly activated. So we think we're like detecting threat in our environment when it's not, Mm -hmm. when we're not really under any threat. Mm -hmm. And so what the certain breathwork pattern does is it activates um, that part of the autonomic nervous system, that pathway, and, and stuff comes up. Like we're, like I found myself in those um, beginning stages of practicing breath work, just really, really releasing so, so much just in the form of, you know, I was really angry. I was really angry at first. And um, I just, I was able to allow a lot of those feelings to surface and to either scream or yell or cry or whatever it was I needed to do to release those those feelings so that they weren't because trauma gets trapped in our bodies and it gets held in our bodies and when we don't allow those things to surface when we don't allow ourselves to express those feelings then we're just holding on to them and we're pushing them down and that can lead to a lot of problems down the road. And so what I was able to do, and I truly, truly believe that this is what has helped me to, to um, get to the place where I am today. I am still healing. I'm still new on this journey for sure. And I also feel <laughs> I'm also in a really good place. I'll just say that. Mm. And I, I know that, that going through this practice and using this practice and allowing these things to be released and not being afraid to feel those things um, in the early stages has really, really helped me on my journey. And mm. so there are, so that's, and I, and I will say, so there are these more activating patterns that you can use um, when doing, when practicing breath work. And there are also patterns that are specifically um, uh, more for like activating your parasympathetic nervous system, like the rest and digest, the ones that really put us into a deep state of relaxation and just kind of um, calm. So with breath work, there's there's, um, really, it's just a really valuable tool for anybody to use because we all breathe. We all have access yes. to our breath. And so it's, it's just a free. Really, it's yeah, a free exactly. <laughs> right now um, we don't have to pay for it, for the breath, right. for the oxygen we inhale. <laughs> right. And so we can just, what breath work is though, is it's like a, an, um, conscious and intentional way of breathing. So you're mm-hmm. essentially changing your breath patterns to either, to really to bring yourself to a certain state of being. So you can go Mm -hmm. from anxious to calm using your breath. Mm -hmm. You can go from um, being just really like depleted and feeling lethargic to feeling energized. Energized, You can go from having a foggy, um, cloudy mind to having some clarity. So 
so, per- so there's just- right now with that we said the energized I just thought of Tony Robbins I was in one of his like well he was in one of actually the events that uh, that I I went to a conference also at uh, that one actually that one was also in San was that one in San Diego and I'm trying to think maybe it was in Las Vegas but anyhow one of the conferences that I was in which was a wellness company but <laughs> a wellness conference but he was on stage and he was teaching us the you know the the breathe the the one that you breathe like really fast when you get up and you move your arms and that one's oh, to energize yes, yes. yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah. And then I do know, of course, of the, when you're trying to calm yourself down, it was just the slowing down. And I remember we tell the kids when I worked with children before, like, you know, to stand kind of like in a, like a star, you know, yeah. like a star, like stand like that. And then just breathe, you know, when they were kind of getting nervous or anxious and stuff like that. And just, you know, kind of focus again. So it's amazing. Yeah. What it can, um, what it can do. Have you used your, that technique of breath work then as a parent with your child, with your son? Yeah. So I'm so glad that you asked that because as you, (laughs) as you started to talk about like using, using different breath patterns with kids, um, my whole journey through all of this has, it's so crazy how things just like come together over time and like fall into place. Um, because that's been one, and I will get to answering your question specifically. Oh, I, um, it's fine. In go a ahead. Minute. Do it. Um, short, short I answer. Yes. Remember where we go. I'm the same. I go into all these like, whoo, you know, love it. No, please There's just go so much to where to you need talk to go about here. I know. I know. Um, it's like, no, and especially it's, you can know, you can hear the passion in your voice about it. And so when you're passionate about something, you just want to share all the yeah. details about it. Yeah. So I can, I can hear that. It's so exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited learning from you. So go ahead. Awesome. Um, yeah. So the short answer to your question is yes, I have used breath work with my son. Um, and longer answer is I have, he has really, you know, it comes back to this whole idea of like, we all process grief differently. We all, mm-hmm um, go, it's really a very personal journey. Um, and no matter, even if you're grieving the same person and the same yes. type of loss and, and all of that, you know, he's, he's now five and, you know, I'm 36. And so there's a very different, mm-hmm. you know, we have different life experiences and different skills and tools and, um, to process these things. And so one of the biggest challenges for me as a a single parent and a widow is being able to, to hold space for my son as he processes and and goes through his own journey and his own experience through grief. Um, And he has had a lot of, he has had a lot of anger, um, just Mm -hmm. a lot of big emotions. He, He is somebody who feels very, very big. And, um, he, and I have, it's, it's amazing because through my own journey, through all of this, the tools that I've learned to help myself have, has helped me not just through my own healing, but to be able to show up for him. And Mm -hmm. so, um, just to be able to hold space for him to feel his feelings in whatever way that needs to be. And so there's, we have times where we um, are just, we'll have screaming contests because he just needs to release the, the anger. He just needs to release the feelings, the big feelings that he's having and he doesn't know how to do it. And so we'll, in, in the early stages, especially we would have, we would go in the car, go on walks and we would just scream at the top of our lungs and just like go back and forth. And by the end of it, we were laughing because (laughs) it was just like this thing. He's like, mom, why are you screaming? Like, this is weird. Like what, what's going on? Um, but it just became like a, a fun thing for us almost. Like it would start out feeling really heavy and really, really hard. And then by the end of it, we would get to this point where we're just like, ah, like we feel better. We feel better. We feel lighter. We released a lot. Um, so we would do that. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, that, that, um, that duality sometimes that happens when you start crying and then all of a sudden yes. you start laughing within the yes. same cry and you're like, you know, it's that duality of emotions all in one, <laughs> like a yes. release of different kinds. So right now, as you're explaining, you guys screaming and then laughing, I just thought of that. That's 
pretty much like how I recognize it as more in the crying and laughter component of that duality. Um, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Certainly. And, and also we would just do things like, you know, punch a pillow or mm. just be able to just be able to release and be able to feel because that is something I am so dedicated to as a parent. I have been ever since I've been a mom, but I definitely am now after everything that has happened in our lives is like he, my son gets to express himself. He gets to feel his emotions. And I am going to be here to support that 100% because Mm. I'm working with adults as an emotional wellness coach or self-love coach and through the breathwork um, facilitation that I'm doing who don't feel safe to feel their feelings, who don't feel Mm -hmm. safe to express themselves. And so they're just holding all of this stuff in. And I, I want him to know from a young age that that's, that's what emotional resilience is, is like we notice, we have awareness and we notice, okay, I'm feeling this thing in my body. This is anger. This is sadness. So this is whatever it is. And I get to allow myself to feel that thing. And I get to release that thing. Um, I think this is so interesting. But if I pause, especially when you started off saying that you used to be somebody that would run from your emotions and you would numb it in any way possible to not have to deal with how you felt Mm -hmm. this whole 180 of who you are and who you became, especially from becoming a mom. Thank goodness like that you had gone through that. Can you imagine if you had not? discovered that and then experienced what you did, you know, of the death of your husband and then having to then not only navigate your own emotions, but then helping your child when you didn't even know how to navigate your own, like what a beautiful, oh gosh, beautiful, um, timing, you know, that you had in your life to discover that. And, um, in, in the, and when you did, you know, like what a beautiful gift that you yes. were able to have those tools prior to, because so many people don't, and you didn't have them for a while, you know, either. Right. And, and, um, so anyway, sorry, I just got like, I just, I was just, I, I, I think it's just, I, I see the beauty in, in those little gifts in life. So yeah. Uh, as I'm listening to your story. So sorry. So back no, to okay. how then, so helping your son with the emotional intelligence, emotional resilience, as you, you called it, uh, it, it, you know, expressing his emotions, just like you do with your own clients. Um, so what are some of the techniques then aside from screaming, what other things do you do with breath work with him, uh, to help him navigate his emotions? Yeah. So, um, we will definitely do like just the whole, like pausing and just taking Mm. a deep breath before, before we respond, which is something like developmentally, like he's just kind of going through anyways, like regardless of, of our history and the things that we've been through. Um, but just, I still have to learn that by the way, I still have to learn. I still have to (laughs) learn the pause. I do not know where the pause button Uh, is. I'm like the feisty respond right away Mm -hmm. instead of Give me a minute. And that's why then get into yes. trouble because you say what you really did not intend. You say it based on emotion and not because you breathed. Yeah. <laughs> breathed yeah like before. it's it's reacting instead of responding. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, of course. Like so many of these of the that's why I'm so grateful though, because so many of these things that that like I said, I'm working with adults and my own mm-hmm. self, not just my clients, but in my own yeah. journey of just being a human really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do these things myself and I, and I, it's, but it's different, you know, when we have the awareness, when we have the awareness of like, okay, I just totally freaked out about that thing instead mm-hmm. of, instead of allowing myself, I responded with my emotions instead mm-hmm. of just taking a moment to just pause and breathe and then respond. Um, and so these things that I'm, that's why it's beautiful because these things that I'm using with clients and on myself, I get to teach my son at five years old and I get mm-hmm. to model for him at five years old, 
Like this is what healthy emotionality looks like. This is what it means to take emotional responsibility. Um, Mm. and, and I, I just like, like you were saying a minute ago about the duality. Like I remember the moment that I realized it's okay for me to feel gratitude for where my life is right now and still grieve the loss of my husband. Like yeah. I get to feel both. I get to to like it's not like I'm I'm letting go of that thing or it's not like that thing is not part of of me or that my past, but it's like I get to feel the pain and the enormity of that loss and hold that while I simultaneously hold this gratitude and joy and like deep presence that I have for my life now Mm. as it is. That is so important that you say that because a lot of people sometimes are not willing to allow themselves to experience joy. Like you use the word joy, experience joy because they feel guilty um, of having those kind of emotions when they've had somebody, you know, important in their life die. And, um, and it doesn't take, I, like you said very clearly, it doesn't take away from that. And I always ask this in my podcast. I'm like, what are you grateful for, for having gone through this experience? Again, it, not taking away from the fact that that was something hard and it doesn't, it's not trying to diminish that at all. It's just saying like where, where we are and who we become and the growth we experience sometimes is based on all these different hardships that we go through. And, you know, like it's, and it's, um, it's hard, but it's also beautiful at the same time, you know, that we, 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 we just, it's kind of like a seed kind of breaking through the shell and the earth and all that stuff, you know, here it is in this little comfort of it being just a seed and and that little plant having to go through all that to then, go through the earth and that to then come out and bloom and become this beautiful flower. Um, you know, it's, it's just part of it, even just with birth, right. It's go, yeah. it's a, it's a yes. treacherous <laughs> journey yes. to then have this, a child, you know, come into this painful and yet yeah. beautiful, you know? So, um, yeah. so it's, it's okay that, to have those dualities. Yeah. And, and it's also like, I actually just shared this in a group the other day that it's like you, you, um, my message was like, don't let your pain steal your joy because it's like, like we, and and I experienced this early on, you know, I've come, it, it is still not, has not been very long ago that I, that I went through this loss or that that happened. But I, early on, I remember feeling it was just a few months after my husband had passed we were driving, me and my son were driving down the road. It was a beautiful day outside. Like I was just like, really, I was, I was feeling, there was just all of these feelings and I felt so Mm. alive in my body. I felt so, I felt joy. I felt happiness for like the first time Mm. since that terrible day. And immediately my ego was like, what are you doing? You Mm. don't get to feel happy you don't get to be okay. You don't get, do you not remember what just happened? Do you not remember that now you're a single parent and a, and all of these things? Like, how are you, how are you mm-hmm. ever going to do this? And this, like my inner critic and the negative self-talk just came in so fast. Mm. And that's what, it, and, and I know that that day, and I anchored into my pain. I immediately, it was so quick. And I just anchored back into my pain. And what I've learned through this process and through everything that, that I've learned, um, through going through the coaching certification and through going through the breathwork facilitation stuff and working with my own clients is we get to like, we, I planted a seed. It planted a seed that day. Like when I felt those, those feelings of joy, when I felt hope in the midst of all of the pain, there was a seed planted and over time I would experience, I would allow myself to experience a little bit more and a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And now I will allow myself to experience days, weeks 
you know, maybe even longer than that of just, if I feel joy, I'm going to let it be there. Mm-hmm. Because like, like we had just said, you know, we don't, just because we've been through something difficult, you know, we're, we're still here. Like we're mm-hmm. still here. We still get to live our lives. We still get to experience joy. We still get to be happy. And like you said, it doesn't take away from the fact that we're still grieving the loss of somebody that we're still it's just looking different walking through that yeah and it just it's reflecting differently too like um it might be coming out in a different way like even in that joy you could still be grieving even within that joy because you could be joyful yet at the same time like being like wow you know, what was your husband's name? What right Brett. away? Andrea. Brett. Brett. So mm-hmm. wow. Brett, Brett, you would love this sunset. Oh my yeah. gosh, Brett. Like, you know, like having even like I you know, oh gosh, Brett, like, you know, like those moments of of remembering yeah. our loved ones even in that joy and in connecting with na- nature. Like what you just said about nature, I too find so much connection in nature, even just with um when I think of my sister or my mom who are the two closest in my life that have passed away, I also had a miscarriage, but in terms of those aspects like that, I see in nature, like certain things that just remind me. And I just talked, <laughs> I just talked to yeah. them or I just make, it makes me think of them and brings me joy rather than sadness. Yeah. Um, so that is just beautiful. Now, when you start feeling that you're about to maybe spiral into anxiety like do you have certain uh ways of catching yourself prior to it happening that you can switch it with your breath like um Mm. does that make sense what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. are you are you already so in tune with your own you know patterns that you're able to start changing your breath prior to going through um you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know if anxiety attack or things yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, actually yes and no. I mean, there's times, there are times where I will be able to, um, it's really just about awareness, you know, it's like yes. okay. just noticing like when I'm feeling just kind of like overwhelmed, I'll start to notice just getting really like um, agitated and frustrated very easily and just having very little patience. Um, Mm. and so I'll start to notice it. The, the, the difficult thing is that sometimes, sometimes the breath is enough. It depends on what it is that's trying to come up. Sometimes I need to have a bigger release than that. So that might mean just allowing myself to cry for however long it takes. Um, And it also, it, so it just depends. And so with being a single mother, sometimes, sometimes I can ask for support from like my mom or other, other people in my life that have helped me in different ways, like with my son, um, Mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, can you, can you take, can you take Oliver for a little bit? Um, I just, I need to have some time or some space or whatever. And when Mm -hmm. I can do that, when I have that help, then I'm able to kind of go through my process and allow that stuff to be released. And then I'm, then I will feel better and it won't go into like a full blown, um, panic attack or just like, just like complete like stress and overwhelm. It's just kind of like overtaking me. Um, but then there's times where I don't have that, or maybe I haven't been, I know when we were getting on the call today, you were talking about how important it is for you to have your routine just because it impacts how you show up in your day. And I think that's Mm -hmm. true for everybody. And so if I'm not, if I've kind of been neglecting my self care, I haven't moved my body, I haven't done my breath work, I haven't been keeping up with my normal like meditation practices and stuff then, then sometimes I can't, I don't catch myself Mm. and, and I, and I do go there. Um, so it just, it just really depends. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. You said something so important and it was the aspect of also asking for help. Now let's, let's talk about that a little bit too. In your grief journey, you, your family then lives, you have your mom then nearby. 
was she was big part of your support system then it has been in this journey yeah so my mom's always been a big part of my support system um and definitely definitely has been since Brett died um she helps a lot she um we me and my son actually I made I made a very difficult decision um about five months after Brett died to sell our house. It just, I was like holding on to it. It was this thing that I was just holding on to because it felt like that last thing that, that I had that was like keeping me safe almost. Um, but ultimately I decided to, to sell that house. And so when I did that, me and my son moved in with my mom for just a little bit mm-hmm. and I needed that so much at that point in my life because I would have time I would have those moments that I talked about a minute ago where I would just like Mm -hmm. know I could feel it in my body like building up and building up and I'm like I know I just need to go I just need Mm -hmm. to go on a run I just need to go be by myself time out time out yeah I would used to I used to get myself in the closet and my kids would still be knocking on my door my kids are (laughs) I know (laughs) they're they're 15 months apart and so they'd be (sighs) little and I'd be like no, leave me yeah. here. Mommy needs a timeout. Yes. Because if I did not give myself a timeout, it would end up, you know, affecting them. So I'm like, yeah. no, please. <laughs> so yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. And so that so was. Then she helped you. Yeah. During that yeah. time. And so she would be there. And so I could just say, you know, hey, I need to go for an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I could just do that. Um, and so that that was really helpful. And then. We, we now, now we have our own place, just me and Oliver and it's beautiful and wonderful. And she helps out still, like she'll pick him up from school, from his preschool. Sometimes, um, they have special, like Oliver grandma dates and things Mm. that they do together. And they just have, they just have a really beautiful relationship. So that's wonderful. Um, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm so glad that you have her. And again, that you are one of those people that have realized the importance of asking for help when needed. Now let's dive into your practice a little bit more. And then also how this aspect of also helping others has helped you in your journey. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So, so as far as my practice, what, Mm -hmm. what were you with your breath work with your, with what you do, with what you do in terms of, now co- being a breathwork coach, uh, oh, okay. your clients by helping others, how has that been an impact in your own healing journey? Yeah. So, so I think just being able to just having come, uh, you know, kind of full circle, like, like we had talked about before. It's like, I really started out very much from this like logical, like I'm just going to problem solve and I'm just going to fix things like just using my mind and using my head. And I, I, and just kind of very much in, in like a in the perfectionist still mode yes. where you're still in that recovering yes. perfectionist uh, yeah. <laughs> mode. <laughs> and so just very much, I, I came from that to, and to, avoiding all of the things Mm -hmm. and not allowing myself to feel things to a place where I didn't feel like I had, I could avoid things any longer. Like it was such a, a difficult thing to go through that like, I really truly came to the point of like, there's nowhere else I can turn, but inward, I can't run from Mm. these things anymore. Mm. And so me being able to go through that experience myself, it gives me this like very real, um, like lived experience, um, way that I can help or like relatability that I can help other people to be like, I do have a certification. However, I don't think I mean, it's really my lived experience and me using the things that I've learned through the certification. That's like, I'm doing this work alongside you. Mm -hmm. And, and that has just shown, has been proven to just be really powerful for the people that are attracted to me, for the people that reach out to me that want to work with me. It's like, man, I can, something that you're doing is working like, what, what is this? Like, what, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? What are you, 
um, like, how are you doing this? And so I have had people reach out to me that um, have been through a similar trauma as mine, which has been really powerful um, for me to be able to help people that are farther along on their grief journey than I am, but they didn't have the tools that I have. And so for me to just kind of see that and also to be able to it just further hits home the, the 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 reality that like I'm not alone. Like there mm-hmm. are other people, so many other people out there that have gone through the same thing or something similar to what I have gone through and they're having a hard time and I have these things that I can show them and, and guide them through so that they can do the work and get through the thing. Um, so that has been really powerful. And then just being able to see the impact of, of breath work and how so often we just kind of like rush through our days and and we walk around life living on an autopilot and we're just not really being intentional about how we show up or how we're feeling or how we're taking care of ourselves and so to witness somebody um just lie down on their mat for an hour and, and breathe with intention, it is so impactful. And mm-hmm. all they're doing is changing their breath. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, just feeling, going through the process of my own life and then witnessing the power of it in other people. It's, it, I just, I don't, there's not words for it. Like I'm ha- I have <laughs> so a hard fulfilling. time. So rewarding, so rewarding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. That so now, how would somebody be able to work with you? And I will put your website and your um, Instagram and the uh, in the show notes. But how would somebody be able to work for with you? And does it have to be in person? Of course, nowadays with everything yeah. being online or over the phone or whatever, uh, what what is the process? Yeah. So um, I have a website. So they could go to my website and just kind of see um, the different services that I offer. Um, I have one-to-one coaching containers, one that is three months long, one that is six months long. Um, I do for coaching, like people to commit to at least three months just because mm-hmm. you can't really get It's much a practice. It's a and, practice. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a practice. You're a not going to get it from one day. <laughs> right. So I have the three-month container, six-month container um, for coaching everything. I do have one client that is local that I meet with in person right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of what I do is done over Zoom. Um, so we're able to see each other and we're able to hear each other. Um, and it has really worked out, really worked out great that way. And then for breath work, I have, um, I will do one-to-one sessions. I can do group sessions. So I could do like partner sessions or families or um, really, really just, there's a lot of things that we can do with breath work. With the breath. Okay. Um, so it's so, different. So the first one was the coaching component and yes. this one is the breath work. Okay. Yep. So the, yep. con- the three month and the six month are your coaching packages. Mm-hmm. And then the breath work, it just depends on. On, on the dynamics, want. it could be in a group setting or okay, in individuals. That's yeah. wonderful. And again, I'll put that in the. Uh, but you could just actually just go ahead and say your website, but I'll still put it in the in the show notes. Okay, and it's actually andreafreemeyer.com. Okay, right. so easy. super easy Perfect. with that. Um, That's awesome. And now, is there something I did not ask you that you still would want to share? Um, yeah, is there something I did not say? you know, like ask you that you're like, I'm really wanting to still share this with the audience because I don't want you to like hang up because of course it will still happen. But there's like, man, I didn't say about this part. And I just, (laughs) so is there something else that, that was missing or that you want to give as tips or, or thoughts to the listeners? You know, I guess it would just be, so there's a, there's a quote that I love that I like to share. Um, It's Mm -hmm. a trauma specialist said, trauma creates change you don't choose. And healing is about creating change you do choose. Mm -hmm. And it was really, truly like this shift, like the, the making the decision really every day 
to not be a victim of my circumstances that has been so empowering for me. Um, and like shifting the narrative to like, instead of like, why did this happen to me? What is like, what am I going to do? Like just that, that victim, um, mindset to like, no, I get to choose. I get to feel Mm -hmm. and, and in doing so I get to heal. And like, I just think that there's just so much power in that. I think that there's just knowing knowing that we truly do have a choice and we are mm-hmm. co-creators of this life. And so even when really difficult, hard things have happened to us, we get to choose where we go. We get to choose what we make of that and how we move forward. So, oh, and then just like what perfect. I said before, don't steal, don't let your pain steal your joy, you know, mm-hmm. is huge No, too. so... So many. So I've written a few of those, like, don't, I wrote that. I wrote shifting the narrative. I go, so then I'm like, I have some ideas as to what to put the, as the title of the podcast, which by the way, is usually the hardest part of my whole process <laughs> is like choosing the title for the podcast. <laughs> Cause so, um, so you've gave, you've given me a, a few options there as what you've said in your own, um, in your own words. And I'm just, so grateful again, not only that you reached out, but also for everything you've taught us. I know taught, I say us, cause I know there's more than just me listening afterwards, after we finish recording that you've taught us in this, um, in this interview with, uh, the importance of breath work and the importance of being able to be present with our emotions. And again, that we do get to choose what happens next really in our life even though we didn't get to choose what happened to us we get to choose how we react to it and I always tell that even to my kids you may not you don't have a choice as to how what somebody did to you but you do have a choice as to what you do you know about it or things like that you know when they go through their own life little things in school and this or that and so um so we always have a choice so thank you once again, Andrea, and I look forward to continue getting to know you because it's only the the beginning here with this yes. um, with this podcast. So thank you once again. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.